So it's a big schus, mamash a big schus. Holding it very soon. Slichus, Rosh Hashanah, Yom Kippur, Yom Narayim. It's a very, very, very powerful time in the Jewish calendar. And Zman is a big force, the Mo'adim that are coming. And when Chevra get together, when there's so many Neshamas in the room, two weeks ago we listened to Yidin, everybody probably heard that song already. When so many Jews get into a room together, there's, there's so much power, there's so much potential. And uh, we, came, we came with, uh, we packed a lot of ammunition tonight. Siata Deshmaya, being hosted again by, by Dove and his wife. We've been in this house many times, many, many times, Baruch Hashem. And so tonight we have something very special. We have a few guests with us. Of course, Nisim's back with us. We've already done a few chaburs with him. Tremendous. People are still talking. People still tell me about the last time you spoke. They're still feeling it. And, uh, and we have Ari Kunstler here with us tonight. And so to, be, to start, since we have so much, so it's so special. So a few, I think it was two years ago, we did a song during El, during this time. We did it, one of Arya's songs. It's maybe not one of the most well-known songs, but it's one of the deepest. And it's a song about Hamelch Basada. So I don't know if anybody was by that Chabura, but it's about Hamelch Basada. So we're, gonna, we're going to start, I think, is that appropriate to start with that song, and then we'll move into the, uh, the rest of the Chabura. Winter chill, a calming still, no one to be found but me. No telephone, just me alone, and a heavy heart I cannot appease. The pain I bear followed me here, but now you see me in the real. With all my wrongs, they've come along. I'm not sure I can appeal. I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I fell farther. Open up your sense of mercy to this man, alone in the field with you. I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I feel farther. Open up your sense of mercy to this man, alone in the field with you. So two years ago when we heard that song, when I heard that song, even though it says a winter chill, I got chills from hearing that song. It's a very elderly song, Hamelch Basada. So I thought that was a nice way to start because tonight we're going to listen to uh, one of Nisim's, his, his new song. His new song called Scream has the video, some deep lyrics as usual. And uh, one of the points of, of this whole Chabura, how it started, was that when I was listening to the music, I was listening to not just musicians and artists being able to sing and have good voices, and some can rap, and some can... But they were, they were singing 
words of Torah. They were singing Sukkim, of course. They were singing words of Rabbi Nachman, Rabbi Sherebi. Could be that they were singing words they didn't even know that were mentioned by the tzaddikim. And it was Kedai for us, as we always do, is to try to connect to the Torah behind the music. Because the music's powerful, the Torah's powerful. When you bring it all together, it's an explosion. It's really an explosion of Vodas Hashem. And anybody who's heard any of Nisam's songs or heard him speak knows that every word he's singing is singing about Vodas Hashem. Specifically, a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch Hu, which is so important, which I'm happy to say, I want to announce publicly that it seems to be that HaKadosh Baruch Hu has become popular once again. It seems to be people are finding him, they're speaking about him. Thank you, Hashem is bringing people into the real Nisim songs. People are speaking about HaKadosh Baruch Hu in an open way. It's, it's, he's become popular again. Emunu Bitochen Swarm, they're all over the place, English and French. It's great. It's mamash amazing. So here we are to let Nisim speak to us a little bit about his song, what went into it, maybe the video, whatever he wants to say. I don't know what he's going to say. He doesn't know what I'm going to say. And that's what makes this exciting. Thank you guys so much. Um, you know I mean? This is Gabald. It's very, very nice. I'm so uh, just elated to, to, to be here and to, to see you guys getting together and to be able to take it a step further, you know? Um, I'm sure probably all you can relate, but I know for sure when you're having these moments and you're sitting in uh, your studio or your room, I mostly write in the studio. I say probably studio second. I probably write on the airplane more than I write on the studio. Something about seeing the godless of Hashem in the clouds that brings about some type of service in my heart. And I, and I start writing music when I should be going to sleep because I probably have a concert in four or five hours when I land. Or whatever, I, I, I have this uh, urge to write whenever I'm on the airplane. Um, this song in particular, Scream, um, came about, I was actually uh, <laughs> on the plane. And, um, and it's, it's very, very, it's very, very hard to, 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 to explain exactly all the different things I was thinking about supporting my seals, the seven beggars, the tzaddik with the crooked neck. And I didn't know that all of this was going, I had no idea I was going to release this during Elul, by the way. <laughs> but uh, man plans and uh, Hashem, uh, in the end, not only does he laugh, but uh, his plan is what always comes forth. So I started writing this song, um, always when I write, my process of writing, is that the most important thing when when the when the music is is either presented to me or I start working on the music in this case it was presented to me and I started working on it um, is how I'm going to say what I'm going to say it's much more important to me than the lyrics because if a person understands in your in your master of writing and a master of melody then you have to understand that when I say this word over this snare or if I say this type of phrase with this particular melody in between that that I'm going to cause a certain type of emotion out of the person who's listening to the music. So the most important thing for me is always how I'm going to say what I'm going to say. So as I start humming, then I say always just as uh, Shim brought forth all the, do uh, the dagim, he brought them forth from the mime, then the lyrics actually start coming forth from the words. And uh, one of the things I've been really busy with at that time is trying to find find my voice and my his Um 
uh, a lot of times I'm forced to uh, to speak to Hashem in a quiet voice because, uh, you know, um, as time it went on, I, I live in Beit Shemesh. You guys can understand that Beit Shemesh is very, very hot. So uh, I only have a little limited time of season. I can actually be out in those beautiful meadows and forests over there. Other than that, um, uh, I have to go to my living room because my studio kicked me out of my Hezbollah this room. So. <laughs> Now I'm down in my, in, my, in my living room and I have all type of things I want to say to Hashem, but I'm ready to scream them out. And I know Rebain was very big on a silent scream. Well, I once had the, I once really had the, the opportunity to scream. I remember I was out in London with some chevra uh, over there from uh, Nakuda Tova in London, Laser Greenhouse. He took me out to this open, I'd never been in an open wilderness like this of just beauty and green. And I remember just screaming to Hashem over there. And the birurim that start to take place when a person's able to scream is, 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 is beyond anything. It is, it is literally, literally, literally a person being able to grab onto something in the middle of the ocean when you have nothing else. And Rabbi Nachman did this practice. He would take his boat and go out into the middle of nowhere and just scream and put himself in a situation that he would, he would simulate danger as if there was nothing else that he could do except for cry out to Hashem. And so when a person goes into screaming at the point when they're faced with some type of dubulim, some type of uh, uh, taiva or anything like this, I'm, I'm telling you, I screamed, 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 screamed to Hashem, and it was as if the whole entire thing dissipated. No more taiva. No more anger, no more kas. It's just me and Hashem. And the the trickiest part always when writing music is how can I recapture that emotion and be able to put it into the song. And sometimes you're successful, and sometimes you're not. So um, my 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 thought was that I don't know if I'll be able to accomplish it this song because because of the certain chord progressions that we use when we made this record. So I said, the only way I'm going to be able to do this to get to people's heart the way I want to is if there's a visual. And the visual has to scream, and I'm screaming. Um, and, I, and, I, and I told Hashem, I said, Hashem, I'm doing all of this for you. So even if I have to go all out and do something crazy, I'm going to do something crazy. During the time I was, during Corona, I was uh, obviously confounded to my house like everybody else. It was in Bidude, I had Corona. So the only place I was able to escape to was I would go into my room, uh, I would put on some music, and I would uh, find a video of the, the, the mountains of Norway and some type of river. And I would go in there, put it on full screen, and listen to the water flowing. And for you know that hour, two hours, I was in Norway. And nobody can convince me otherwise. I was in Norway. And so when we had the opportunity to do this, to, to, to do this video, I remember sitting with uh, uh, my producer and uh, we're looking for places to shoot, obviously. Now it's a Kaidish, you're thinking about it and we're just looking at the, what's going on with the sun and how hot it was. It's like nothing is green here. There's nothing going to show Hashem's beauty right now. Everything's yellow. The Galilee is yellow. Everything's yellow. So I said, it'd be great if we could shoot Norway. And before I know it, he had, you know, as a cinematographer, you know, it's, it's easy money, Norway. I shouldn't have brought it up because he had every single mountain in Norway, itinerary, where we could go. 
And, and so last minute, I was talking to my wife about it. I said, what should I do? I'm already paying for the deduction. Should I just pay? I'm going to pay tickets and it's all going to Norway and everything. I said, this is crazy. And she, and she said to me, she said, listen, if you're doing something for Hashem, you do it, you do it big. <laughs> so I said, all right. So we went to Norway. There wasn't nothing Jewish in sight. We ate tuna for three days. And Hashem gave us the biggest matana right before we left. We found out that because of the time of season it was in Norway, um, there was no nighttime. So it was daytime the whole entire time that we were there. And uh, my whole, the whole Indian behind the video was that I needed to be alone with Hashem. And so while everybody was asleep, you know, a good amount of this video was shot at one, two o'clock in the morning, but it looks like it's, you know, the afternoon. And uh, we had all the roads to ourselves, everything to ourselves, and it was just me and Hashem and the production team. But it looked like it was just me and Hashem. And uh, we were able to put together this video that I don't think I've, I put together anything on this, this level before of production, um, uh, doing, doing the thing that I think is most crucial, and that means the most to me, is doing his brother, this crying out to Hashem in the middle of nowhere. So that's what brought about this song. Uh, I would love to hear what Yomi's toes on it, but that's, uh, that's how the song came about. Hmm. Listen. So, uh, so we'll say like this. So just for those who haven't been here, let's just give a rundown of what's going to happen in Mitzvah Hashem. Right now we're going to listen to the song. I'm sure people have heard it, but now we're going to listen. After that, I'm going to say it to our Torah, as we always do, connect the song to the Zman, what's going on. And then afterwards, I'm just giving, I'm laying it all out so people know what's going on. Then afterwards, I'm going to open the floor again to Nizam if he wants to say anything else. And right after that, we're going to listen to the song again. And then there's going to be a few other pieces of music to help get a person into the mode to try to create a Lamaisa of what I'm going to speak about. So it'll be about 10 minutes, and if you don't want to stay, don't, don't feel bad, you can walk out. But at the end, when we start the music, it's going to be Nisim song against Scream, and then about 10 other mi minutes of music, trying to, and we're going to all lights off, everything off, yeah. to try to get into the, into the zone. Yeah. Okay, so with that, let's start.
shorter than the usual songs. Yeah. It's made him some shitas. <laughs> so in the song, there's two, two major sets of, of lyrics. And in the middle, he's, he's screaming out to find where you are. Right? Scream to find where you are. So the question that I was thinking about when I heard the song, or immediately really hit me, was to find where you are. Who's you? Is it a lowercase y, or is it an uppercase y? <clears throat> so let's, let's get into this man a little bit, and we'll come back around. <coughs> so a few questions to deal with. And, you know, slichas, slichas are coming up very soon. Motei Shabbos, we're starting slichas. It's the beginning of the avoda of the Yom Narayim. And we know the halacha is, is that you need a minimum of four days. For Ashkenazim, that's why I'm already started. For Ashkenazim, we need a minimum of four days of slichas before Rosh Hashanah. And if you go, don't have four days, then you have to go even, right, the Motz Shabbos before. What's with the four days? What's this, what's this ending exactly? Second thing that we have to understand is this year, something that's a pella in halacha, absolute pella in Avodah Hashem. We know Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos. When Rosh Hashanah comes out on Shabbos, we lose out on one of the biggest mitzvahs. There's no shofar. At Chazal, decreed, the Rabbanan, you can't, you can't blow a shofar on Shabbos. Shem Amos, you might carry the shofar Dal Amos, might break Shabbos. Therefore, we'd have no shofar. It's like a thousand questions on that. So leave the shofar in shul. No shofar? Shofar is what wakes us up. Shofar is Mr. Daraisa. Shofar is massive. I don't care if you learn halacha, you learn machshav, you learn chassidus, you learn kabbal, whatever you learn, shofar, mam to go the dinam of the whole year. Mam lech the king. How do you mam lech the king without a shofar? How do you coronate the king without the shofar? And in the parsha this week, it's one of probably, it's one of my favorite pesukim. It's probably all everybody's one of their favorite pesukim. Top, let's say top twenty, top ten. The thing is very close to your mouth, in your heart, to do it. So what's this? What's this mitzvah? and what's this mitzvah that's, that's not meiriliyam? So close. What are we trying to accomplish? So b'siad l'shemaya, I try. So why do people scream? Why do we scream? When the answer is not because our kids did something wrong. That's usually not a good scream. So why do we scream when someone's far away? Someone's down the block, you want to get his attention, so you scream his name. Screaming emphasizes the seriousness of an Indian. And if there's an emergency, usually you don't whisper, help. You scream, help! You don't say it, you scream. It's an emergency. So, Klaisol, we're in Mitzrayim. We're in a Mokum Tumma. We're in a Mokum of Tzimtzum. It was so bad there that even we know Moshe Rabbeinu couldn't even daven in the city. He couldn't even speak to a Kodesh Baruch. He had to go to Norway. No, I'm kidding. 
He had to leave the city. He couldn't even, he couldn't daven there. It was a tzimtzum ad ma'odin. The Swarm tells us. The Swarm tells us that there was a, we know, there was a golos ad There was a certain exile of the dibur. We couldn't express ourselves. We couldn't daven. We couldn't speak words to a Kaddish Baruch We couldn't do his votedness in Mitzrayim. Mitzrayim is made sarim. You were bound, you were in jail. Confined. It's very hard. Until Kalal Yisrael, it was just too much. They were in jail for too long. Eventually, when you're confined for too long, you're being held down for too long, and something starts to bubble up, bubble up, bubble up. You scream out, V'nitzak El Hashem! They cried out, V'nitzak El Hashem! Okay, I was saying? V'yishma Hashem Kaleinu! Hashem heard the voice. This is the beginning of the Tik and the beginning of the Geula. When they finally just screamed out. There was no words. V'nitzak! The Pasha just screamed out. Maybe they said Tati. I don't know what they said. They screamed out. V'nitzak! That was the beginning of the Geula. And the Kaddish heard them, he paid attention to them, and he started the process of the Gula. It took a while, though. Right? Kalei Yisrael screamed, V'nitzak in Mitzrayim, and the Kaddish Baruch guided Moshe Rabbeinu to the Sneh. And then the process started. But it all started with V'nitzak, this, this scream out. Everybody knows Rabbi Nachman has Reish Pebez, Azamra, Famous Torah, Rabbi Nachman. But tonight we're not going to use that one. We're going to use the second favorite Torah. The second most popular Torah. What's that Torah? Ay. Ay. This whole song is, is Ay. So I really want to read every single word inside. I'm not sure if I will, but I'm going to start and we'll see what happens. Because it's, it's so powerful. You have to hear every word of Rabbi Nachman here. It would take us a long time to really learn this parak as well. Rabbi Nachman says, he says, Kida, the root of all of creation is a Kaddish Baruch's covet. The Kaddish Baruch only created everything in this world for his covet, his glory. Glory of the king. The Pasuk says, I created everything, everything was created for his covet. To recognize the Kaddish Baruch in creation, to recognize him in his man, to recognize him in your life in all ways. Since everything was created for the Kvod Hashem. And therefore, the Kvod Hashem is the Shorish. It's the root of the entire Bria. If everything was created for it, it becomes the root of everything. It's the reason. It's the Tachlas Even though everything is one. But in creation, there are differences, there are separations. And each chalik of creation was a specific covet to Kaddish Baruch. Menachem continues and he says, and I'll skip this paragraph a little bit, but he says everything is based on the Asar Mamaros. The ten utterances, that's what created the world. And for all of covet is found in those Mamaros. But there was one Mimer that doesn't say Vayomer, it doesn't say Hashem said. It's called the Mimer Sasim. The hidden Mimer, which was that? Horatius. Bereshis bar Elokim doesn't say Vayomer. It says Bereshis. So Rabbi calls it the Maimer Sosim. It's hidden. And he goes on and he says, I have to read these words. V'yafilu ba'averus 
Udvarim Roim, and even in Averus and bad things, Chas V'Shalom. Shesham ein kvodu yuzborach. By an Avera, a person, Chas V'Shalom, is over an Avera. You can't say that the kvod Hashem is there. That we can't go. We can't go that far. It says in the passage, Uchvodi la'acher, and my covet to another. Acher, sitcher achra. Lo'etin. I didn't give my covet to the Averus. There is a gvul, he says, Rabbi Nachman. There is a gvul. There are boundaries. That a Kaddish Baruch said, Ad Khan. I'm not there. My covet. My covet is not there. The Yafu peace. Rabbi Nachman goes back and forth. He's very, he's very, he's broken by this. The Yafu peace. What do you mean? But The whole earth is filled with this covet. Sestira. The whole world is filled with this covet. But to Acher, I didn't give my kavod. So is kavod everywhere or it's not everywhere? What's going on? Im yesh gvul. He says, no, but there is a gvul. There's still a gvul to his kavod. Except in the place of Avera, in the place of Ra, etc., etc. It doesn't go out to that place. My covet, I didn't give to the Acher, to the Sitra Acher, to Averis. I didn't put my covet there. Yesh gvul, a kol covet, the covet, there is a gvul, there's a boundary by all covet. Shemalubish bechom maim remain basar mamaros canal. They are enclosed by the Sar Mamaros, what the Kaddish Baruch created the world with. Only where Kaddish Baruch wanted his covet to be, he created, and other places he left. Shalom yispashit lemkomasa chitzon. He didn't want his covet to go to the chitzon. Avalda says Rabbi Nachman. When you see those words, Avalda, uh, but you have to know. Because Be'emis, Be'emis, Molochal Eretz Kivoda. It's a par, it's a steer. You can't get away. Molochal Eretz Kivoda, his COVID is even there. So, how does Rabbi Nachman get out of his steer? He tried to get out of it by saying, This is a good for his COVID. He gets really far, but not everywhere. Rabbi Nachman's broken. He says, no, but it can't be. His covet really is everywhere. But it can't be in Averis. Back and forth. Even though it's true that the Kavod Hashem can't be in those places. But what you have to say is even the makom of Averis, even the makomos Hamatunafa and the makomos of Tumma and Mitzrayim, they have to get their chiyas from a Kaddish Baruch. Mm. They can't be in this world. There can't be an existence of something without the chiyas that a Kaddish Baruch gives it. His kavod, maybe not, but his chiyas, yes. Even in these dirty places. Obate even a place of Avodah Zara, the absolute antithesis of a Kaddish Baruch Hu, Tzrichim Gam Ken Baruch. There has to be the Chiyas from a Kaddish Baruch. There can be no existence without a Kaddish Baruch. It cannot be. So Chiyas, yes, Kavod, no. Achta, but he says you should know. Kihei Mekabla Bechines Maimer Sasu. These makamas of Matunafen, makamas of Tuma, the place of Avera where there's chiyas but no covered. So where they're getting their chiyas from? That Maimer Sasa. 
Bereshus. Not Vayomer. Vayomer, the nine out of ten Mamaros that created the world, that's the Makam Kavod of Kaddish Baruch. Malochal Eretz Kavod was going the nine out of ten. Where could there be a Chiyas of a Kaddish Baruch without a Kavod Hashem? The Maimer Sasa, the hidden Maimer of Bereshus. And he goes on. I'll skip a little bit. It's good to see, but he says, V'davr It's impossible to really understand this. You can't think about this. What he said, he said, whatever Rabbi Nachman said, you could take, but don't go into that place. And now we get to Ayyei. He says, When a person falls, when he falls to those places where there's no cover, he falls into a pit and he's falling and he's falling and he's falling into a veyrs, into taivas, whatever he's falling into. He's fell into that place, the place of Mitunofim, the place of Mitzrayim, the Mitzorim. And now he's Mavubal, he's confused, he doesn't know what's going on, he's lost, he feels distant from a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He, starts to, he finally starts to catch himself, what's going on with me? Maybe he hit rock bottom. Sometimes it's when you hit rock bottom, you finally could look up. Otherwise, you're just looking down. Sometimes, unfortunately, it takes rock bottom. I've met some of those people. He hits rock bottom. He's at the bottom, but he's looking up. He's like, whoa, where have I gone to? I'm so far from the Kavad Hashem. The Kavad Hashem is on top of the pit, because that's the, that's the gruel. And he's falling all the way down. He wakes up. I'm so far from Kavad Hashem. I've done all these things. I can't be part of a Kaddish Baruch. It's not possible. I'm so far. I've done a veir after a veir. I'm thinking this, I'm thinking that. My davening, my learning, who knows where he's holding. So he looks upon himself. He sees how far he is in the Kavod Yisbarach. Vishol Mavakesh. And he asks, Mavakesh, Aye Makam Kavodo. Where's the top of the pit? Where is that covered? Where, where did I fall from? Because now he finally sees, he's finally opened up his eyes. He's Zolcha. To see how far he's fallen. Now he's calling, where, did, where is that covered? I want to go back to the nine tenths. Where Kodesh Baruch speaks to him. He fell to these places. And this is the Iker Tikkun V'Aliyah. The beginning is you read the Tachas Aliyah. Sometimes the Yuri, you need a Yurida to get to the Aliyah. As it says in the brought in the Swarm. Ki aye, where? Aye, Mokim Kavodo, Zebechinus Akavad Elyon. Shamaimar Elyon. When a person is in the lowest place and he wakes up and he realizes how low he is and he screams out, Aye, Mokim Kavodo, he just entered back into the Kavod Hashem. That's the Chiddush of Ben Because he never left the Chiyas of a Kaddish Baruch Hu. He fell into the pit. The Kvod Hashem is not there, but the Chiyas of a Kaddish Baruch Hu is there. That's why he's able to hit the rock bottom and say, where's a Kaddish Baruch If there'd be no Chiyas Hashem there, he'd have no chance, right? It'd be impossible. He hits rock bottom. He wakes up. He says, what has happened to me? Where's the Kvod Hashem? Be'emis, where's the Kvod Hashem? Guess what Rabbi Nachman says? You're now back in the Kvod Hashem. In the deepest pit. Because that deep pit in that right now is not just a deep pit, it's a place of Kfod Elyon. That's what Rabbi Nachman says. It's Ayyeh. 
just screaming out, Aye Mokum Kavodo. You're back in that place. Because that's the Maim Rasasim. That's the Maim Rasasim that seems, how could that be? The Kavodo Shem is in that place? This is where he says you can't think about this. For many reasons you can't think about this. But you're in that place and you scream, Aye Mokum Kavodo. We know that that person right now is at a very high metric. You can't tell that to the whole world. They can't, they can't handle that. This person's done all those things, and he says, aye, and now he's such a big person. I'm not saying he's such a big person, but we're saying big stuff's coming out of him. Big mechazdekin. He's on his way up. That's the Mimer Sosin. Nimsa shemavakesh mechapes aye mokum kavodo. The person who's seeking, he's asking, aye, that's Ba'atzmo. Not, he says, Aye, and then he's slowly going to get his way out. Good for him. He finally woke up. Maybe he'll make something of himself. No, in the pit. Actually there. In the deepest place. When it comes to that Aye, a real chukka, a real yearning, a feeling I'm lost, I'm broken, I've lost, left the Kavod Elyon. Aye, Malcolm Kavod He's in the Kavod Elyon. He's there, Mamish. Mamish. Mamish is there. Shubachin is Aye. Shemigodo has Taroso vehelomo, whom Mechaim Komasolo. It's from that deepest, most hidden place of a Kodesh Borgo. That's what's Mechaim, those places. For Achshav now, Aydeshu, no Felisham, he's fallen to that place. Vazai Mavakish Aye Mokum Kavodo. He's seeking out the Aye. Where is a Kodesh Borgo? Ubeze Choser. Medabek Atzmasham, he returns and he's Dovuk. He's Medabek himself back to that place. He gives Chias to the Nefilo. Not that he's going when he gets out, okay, Baruch Hashem, no, the Nefilo now has a Tachlis. Because that's what it means, the Yerida, for the eventual, eventual Aliyah. You need the Yerida. You need to hit that place, the Maimar Sosim. That's it. That's the covered Elyon. Flip the whole thing around. And then he's going to continue going up. So after this song came out, I, if you remember, I, I gave you a, a remez. I gave you a remez also. Tsaak. What's the gematria? Tsaak. Remember this one? What's Tsaak? It's a gematria. 90, 70, and 100. What? 260 is what? 10 times Yudke Vavke. When a person screams, he's bringing all the power of Yudke Vavke. He's coming back 10 times. He's at the bottom of the pit. means he's down 10 madregas. Right? Kesser down to Malchus is 10. You could be the bottom of the pit and you could scream, Tso'ak, Tso'ak, Tso'ak Hashem, and you mamish 10 times 26. You're back at the top. You're not back at the top. You're there. God is going to find where you are, capital Y. God is going to find where you are. You have to scream, literally, you have to scream. Aye, Mokum Kavodo. Where are you, Kaddish Baruch? Where's your covet? That itself is being there. Aye is awesome. Aye is so awesome. But what happens 
What happens if you're not a person who hits rock bottom? What happens if you're a Jew? You, you learn, you're daven, you're a regular guy, you try your best, you learn, you're daven. You're not any emotional roller coaster. Not everybody goes through these emotional roller coasters. Some of us are stam Jews, and we're trying hard. We can't get to that emotion, that scream that we wish we can, to be in Norway screaming, Ayy Mokum Kavodo. That'd be awesome. But some of us are just in Woodmere, five towns, Lawrence and Farakaway, and just doing our day to day, trying our best. We know, we know we're distant. Listen, we know we're distant, but we don't feel distant. It's a big difference. We know we're distant, but we don't feel distant. Sometimes we're makane. Sometimes we're jealous of the guy who hit, hit rock bottom. It's a little bit sick. Sometimes you might imagine, wow, I wish I also hit rock bottom. So I would get that feeling that I can break out and scream and bring my life back together again. But we don't, we don't want that. We don't, we don't really want that. So now what do we do? What do we do? We need an IA 2.0. Because Be'emis, and it just hit me today, I was talking to, there was a certain brother here today, and I mentioned to him, oh, it was yesterday actually. When Rabbi Nachman is teaching us about Ayeh, and when you learn anything, really, in Mishnah and Gemara, they often teach you the biggest Chiddush. Right? And then you, they teach you the biggest Chiddush, then you could, everything before that is also part of the, the Allah. Ayeh is not only when you hit rock bottom. You can't say Ayeh right now. It's not true. Ayeh makam kavodo. Of course we can. It doesn't have to be in that place. So how do we get to this We'll call Aye 2.0. So why, what's another reason why people scream? We're being Makatsar. There's more ways to say, but what's another reason people scream? So before we said, you scream that you're in an emergency. You scream because someone's, you feel very distant. You're in Mitzrayim. You're in the pit. SOS. You're in the ocean. Screaming out. But what happens if it's not an emergency? So you're not yelling at your kids. You're not screaming because someone's far from you. Why else do people scream? So here, I'll turn to my right side. So sometimes you're at a chasana, and the band is playing, and they're playing loud, and it's kishmak. And you could be an inch away from your friend, and he can't hear a single word you're saying. Because the music's so loud, and it's awesome. But you can't have a conversation, and it hurts my voice always. I'm always screaming. So don't, don't try to talk to me in chasanas, because I don't want to talk to anybody. I always have to scream, then I lose my voice. So you could be best friends with somebody, you could be, and be an inch away. Best friends, panemius. An inch away. Mokum, chitzonius. And still, he can't hear you. Why? There's nothing wrong, it's just, just too loud. It's just too loud in the room. So we have a big problem. And our problem is that we know we're made up of two parts. Again, we're being very basic. We have a, a panemius and a vichitzonius. Or we can call it a panemius and a makif. The inside, the outside, the inside, that or that which surrounds us. Two parts. And really, they're supposed to be best friends. It's one person. It's me. I have a nisham and I have a goof. So why is it? Why is it that my goof doesn't hear my neshama? Oh, my neshama's not screaming out, Yidin. My neshama's not screaming out, Ayyeh. My neshama's not screaming that out. Of course it's screaming that out. 
Every single second screaming out. So why can't I hear? Because it's too loud. Because it's too loud. We're not talking about the music is too loud. We're running around, there's Parnassa, there's worries, it could be Taivas, it could be Gashmias, eh, whatever it is. We're never just sitting quietly. There's always movement, <coughs> inside, outside. I'm not even saying Dvar Masurim. It could also be Dvar Masurim, but love Dafka. Love Dafka. Again, we're an I2.0. We're not talking about Yisra. Business, work, family, stuff, cars, insurances, banks. Schools, Baruch Hashem, school starting tomorrow, I know. For everybody who had that uh, few-week period, it was very loud these past few weeks, the kids home, yeah? A good loud, a good loud. So Torah tells us, Kikar v'lech ha'davr ma'od b'ficha. Kikar v'lech ha'davr ma'od b'ficha. This thing is very, very close to you. I don't want to go into it too much, because I want to keep going. The thing is very close to you, in your mouth. <clears throat> what does it mean, it's close to you? Rabbi Nachman says like this. You can bring close to you that which is ma'od, on the outside. You can bring that which is outside of yourself, you can bring it in. You could bring the makifan in. Ma'od, ma'od, ma'od is also the same letters as Adam. Because sometimes we're a split personality. Sometimes we feel separate from ourselves. We have to bring ourselves back in. The outside of ourselves is, is, is leaving us. So it means it's loud. It's in a million places. We want to realign it. We want to bring it back to the two friends. So you could bring it back in. ma'od. You could bring it b'fnim. Zetaloi b'ficha u'blavavcha l'asoso. So it's totally in our mouth. We could take the external part of us that's so loud and we can actually draw it back in. How do we do that? With our mouth. So without going through that Torah and Zion, so this is where you have the silence spread. This is where a person starts to talk to himself. Like you see what I'm saying? That's silent scream. Sometimes there's a silent scream to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, like Rabbi Nachman would do in the middle of a room, he would just close his eyes and just scream out to a Kaddish Baruch Hu, you wouldn't even notice. But then there's a scream back to ourselves, where have I gone? Who am I? Where am I? Heichan ani ba'olam. Sometimes you've got to scream to find where you are, lowercase y, <coughs> oh you. Sometimes you have to scream to find where you, myself, where I am. I just noticed now, Mom, I just noticed now, in the lyrics, I just noticed. If you look in the first time, as Machabin, as Machabin, in the first, in the first to find where you are, it's lowercase y. Look, I was so excited to see this. And in the second stanza, he writes to find where you are, capital Y. We'll get back to that in a minute. You had that intention. So we'll get back to the song in a minute. Oh, I could be like your Rashi. We're gonna go on tour. Go on tour. But also little toasts. Also little toasts. 
sometimes we have to scream. Uru uru mishinaschem. Wake up. Talk to yourself. Enough with the magide shir and the mashgichim screaming at you. We have to scream to ourselves. Where am I? I'm discombobulated. We have to scream over the music. We have to scream over all the worries. Scream at yourself. Wake, where am I? Where have I gone? Where do I want to be? <coughs> Sit quietly and scream at yourself. You could do it quietly if you want to. But also scream at yourself. Lamaisa. Lamaisa, scream at yourself. In your head. You don't have to say it out loud. That's hard for people. If you can, great. But that's hard. In your head, just close your eyes and just start screaming at yourself. But it's got to be quiet. You can't have that phone within like 800 yards. Let's get everything out. Get into that place. It's El, Yom Narayim. So now it's, that's I 2.0. That can be for the people who, who aren't hitting rock bottom. But we're still not so connected with ourselves. So we have to scream at ourselves. Two types of screams. So now let's finish off. So Shlichus, why do we have four days? So the Ilya Rabbah says, it's brought down, the Mishabura. that by all the Moadim in Parshat Pinchas, it says, Vikravtim Ol. You have to bring an Ola offering. To bring an Ola. But on Rosh Hashanah, it says something different. Amen, what it says? Vaasisim Ola. You have to make, your, you have to make an Ola. So the Ilya Rabbah says, you see from here, you have to make yourself a carbon Ola. On Rosh Hashanah, you become the carbon Ola. To have an aliyah. Whether you're in a pit and you're getting up, or whether you're screaming out to yourself just to realign yourself so you can be mechabed, to bring him his cover. So you become a carbon, and just like a carbon, you need to check it four days before for any blemish. So you have to check yourself four days before with slichas. Does anybody know how Ayi continues? I paused. How does Ayi continue? We, literally where we ended off. Aye, yeah? V'zebechin is carbon ola. This is the carbon ola. Shemechaper al People have all types of thoughts. Either they're sinful thoughts, or they're just discombobulated thoughts. You need to raise it back up. Aye, scream. Aye, mokum kavodo. He goes into klipas, your head's in all the different places, and he says... He says, Va'az, va'a, uh, I'm sorry, Va'azai, I can't see, it's too dark. Va'azai, Mevakesh, Vitsoik. Now Rabbi Nachman's getting serious. Mevakesh, not just Shoal Mevakesh like before. Mevakesh, Vitsoik, you have to scream. Ayi Mokum Kivodo. Tikuno. Because you are carbon ola. When you scream Ayi Mokum Kivodo and you're in the bottom of the pit, you're mildly yourself. You're Pashit, you're Pashit, Kipshuto. You are a carbon ola. You brought yourself on the mizbeach. The kaddish baruch. Kichos of shavu kavod elyon. You return back to the kavod elyon. Bechinas aye, and that's why it says va'aye haseh laola. This is the aisle. This is the ram. After akeda, where is the sel laola? That was the shofar. That's the shofar that we blow on Rosh Hashanah. That is the shofar. But what happens when you have no chauffeur? What happens when you, when you don't have? It's Rosh Hashanah Shabbos and Chazal said, no, no chauffeur today. 
What do you mean, Rabbi Nachman says it's, it's the set, it's the ola, it's ayi, it's the shofar. We need a blow. It's Rosh Hashanah, Kvodo, Kvodo Malayolam, Chazal. What's going on over here? So where's where's the shofar in Rosh Hashanah? We're the shofar. Our screams, silent, out loud, together by ourselves. Ayi makom Kvodo Hamelech. That's the shofar. We're zolcha every few years to be able to have that. It's a schus. You become a chauffeur. You become a carbon. You become a chauffeur. It's kavod. It's mamish kavod. So if you look at Nisim's song, you gotta medayik. You gotta you gotta look you gotta look deep. It's not just coming out with these words. You heard how much goes into this. The first stanza. It's more about the person himself. Holding on tight, I won't let you go. You feel a little distant, but I need you close. Had so many friends, seen a lot fall off. He's talking about himself. He's feeling broken, he's confused. I had these friends, now they're gone. It's my be myself. So many sacrifices when you want to serve Hashem. It's about me. I don't want to make sacrifices, but I want to make sacrifices. He's broken, he's all over the place. Sometimes they keep you waiting when you want to take off. And sometimes you got to scream to find where you are. When you're discombobulated, when you're off, IE 2.0 is really first. You need to scream to find where you, lowercase y. You first need to scream to get yourself back together. And then he goes into a relationship with the Kaddish Baruch I cried so many times, I can't even count, because I don't want to lose you or let you down. I want to know your feelings. That's when he says, when you, maybe when you're an IE, maybe when you're falling, maybe when you really feel distant, maybe when you hit rock bottom, maybe when you're in the middle of the fall and you somehow you wake up. And you're feeling all these things. Now you scream to find where you capital Y, Kharishbach, where you are. Two types of screams. We need them both. So this is this is this man we're in. This is Slichas about to start. This is Rosh Hashanah. And you could also do Slichas and Rosh Hashanah during the year also. Not the actual Slichas and Rosh Hashanah. But a person should he has a vote of Ayy. Hopefully he shouldn't come to fall into Ragbaram. Hopefully he could just find a place in his house or somewhere where he could sit quietly and he could silently scream, Aye Makom Kavada. Does the Gemara want to add anything? Okay. Just a bit. Just a few things. Um... Hear me? Why? 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 So, just to add, I'm only adding. Maybe I'm the Tosfos. So, if you look at the in the first verse, where I said, Rabbi Yirmi already mentioned, that I had so many friends, I seen a lot fall off. Many of us know and feel the pain of seeing a person who was once by Hashem and they're not. You look up and you see so many people. Um, and my initial coming into Yiddishkeit, one of the first things uh, that, that 
of the first groups of people, as you can imagine, who I made very close friends with were other Gavin, people that already went through the Gavin's process. They, they see you, they're excited to see you. They know what that excitement feels like that you, while you come to the MS. And uh, unfortunately, I look at it now, I am almost 10 years later after the, the process, a lot of them are gone, no longer around. Malcolm Kodesh, very, very far away from Torah, very, very far away from, from, from mitzvahs. And then all the other friends that, that I seen that were rising with us on the journey. And there were other friends who were, who were on this journey of, of Emmas, and they couldn't hold up, hold up to that mission. The next part was that there were so many sacrifices when you want to serve Hashem because most people think about how much you have to give up and how much you have to you have to run away from things. And sometimes that could be overshadowed by what you're running to. The love of Hashem that I was running to was so great and so awesome. And it says Hashem is an all-consuming fire. I know the Rambam's teaches that we therefore we cling to to Gedolim and Talmidei Chachamim. However, I didn't know anything about Torah Shabbat Pei, let alone to know that I was supposed to be clinging to a rabbi. I had direct access to Hashem only by way of Tanakh. So I was screaming out to Hashem, and it was burning up every single thing that was in my life, and so many different things got singed. <coughs> even the very, very things that later on will come back to me, namely that I would need to be able to give the Shem the most cover. Music itself also got burnt up in the fire. <laughs> a lot of times, it's very, very hard with these sacrifices that a person makes when they come closer to Hashem, and, and, and it works in a very interesting way. I realized at the point where I left music behind that this was my Yitzhak. This was this is my my this itself that I had to sacrifice the one thing that it meant the most to me in my life. And although I'm looking at it now, and Hashem gave this thing back to me, but if I wouldn't have did it, I wouldn't have knew I was serious about Hashem. So sometimes, for a period, a person has to give up certain things, even if it if it if it if it. Is going to break you and hurt you. You have to give up those things to prove also to yourself that you're serious about Hashem and that's the most important thing and you're willing to lay it all on the line. One of the biggest things people ask me all the time, why would you move to Eretz Israel? What would be the reason you would just like pick up and leave even you, all of your panasas in the States? Why would you even, for you, that doesn't make any sense. You can't have uh, Eretz Yisrael without Yisurim. So I said, all right, I, the, the Yisurim will be, I'll have to keep flying back over here. I'll make that my issue. I don't want to add anything extra. But that'd be a part of my Yisurim. But honestly, I say all the time, you know, when people are ready to give their all for entertainment and they want to be the best actor, best singer, dancer, whatever it is, they will throw everything out of their life. They will move to LA, they will wait tables, they will sleep on couches and do whatever they can because they believe that they want to be the next superstar. When a person wants to be the best in fashion, they want to be the fashion guru of the world, and they really believe in their gifts, they will sacrifice everything. They'll move to New York, they'll move to France, and they'll do everything they can in order to, uh, to, to be the best fashion guru. When a person wants a shim, you want to be in a place that's conducive for you going to Hashem. So I was willing to sacrifice everything to be able to move to Eretz HaKadosh 
and to be there with Hashem, no matter what it takes, I needed to prove the sacrifice to myself that this meant the most important thing to me. And sometimes they keep you waiting when you want to take off. You hear me? I had a lot of faith in you. I thought you were going to get this riddle. This is all the who wants to come to be Metahe themselves. They tell them, Hamte, you got to wait. You got to wait. First, it could be strong and realize I made every single sacrifice up until this point to Shem. So therefore, what's next? Right now, I should be immediately at the top. There should be nothing that should be keeping me from the top. I got rid of all of my friends. I was ready to sacrifice every single thing. And I did it. Hashem, so now I'm here. I'm a tzaddik, right? Why, why do I still have kas? Why am I still baltaiva? Why am I still going and struggling through all these things? But Nathan says, if a person looks up and he looks at after all these many years, you're going to all these righteous people. You've been in all these holy settings and you see that you're still far from Hashem. He says, don't give up. It's all smoke. Even with that, it's all smoke. So a person has to know that sometimes Hashem puts you in a waiting room and you have to wait. So the example, at least that the Gemara gives over there, is, is buying perfume. But I, I was thinking of something a little bit different. <clears throat> I was thinking that sometimes, you know, when you have to go to the doctors, to the doctors, and you're, and you're sitting there in the waiting room. <laughs> I don't know if anybody's been to the emergency, and uh, you have to wait in order for you to go in to see the doctor. <clears throat> What's interesting about it is, depending on the level of pain, you may be screaming in the waiting room. And if you're not screaming, you hear other people screaming on the other side while you're sitting there, the side of the waiting room. When a person's over there, and sometimes it seems as if I'm screaming, I'm screaming, I'm screaming, and the doctor has not come to get me yet. I don't understand. Is, is everybody else's pain more important than what my pain is? But I'm over here, I'm screaming, I'm screaming, and nobody has noticed that I'm over here screaming. And I'm still in the waiting room until eventually Hashem brings a person in. And through all of this, as Rebbe I don't have to repeat this again, you caught that uh, the first uh, to find where you are is, is the first person finding himself. And the second time is that, Hashem, I, I have to find you. The greatest pain, if you look at the, I cried so many times that I can't even count, the greatest pain that a person can have is that when a person doesn't have a hergish, when a person realizes any person has had the opportunity to taste Hashem and taste Kirvas Hashem and to all of a sudden lose that, that, that sensation of that Kirvas Hashem, uh, whatever it came in the form of a, of, of a, of a feeling that took place, a hergish <coughs> that took place on the inside, and whether it was in the form of Giluim, one of the things that I, I've been very quiet about because I, I, I didn't want to sound very crazy on my way into Yiddishkeit, but now that enough people know that I'm not crazy, I can let everybody know I, I really am. And what I mean by that was, is that on our way into Yiddishkeit, we had so many gloom. Our dreams were not normal dreams. The things that we saw, we were fasting, spending hours and hours in seclusion, crying to Hashem, and I never heard of Reb Nachman a day in my life. I was reading the book that nobody reads in yeshiva, Tanakh. And what I saw over there, this is how everybody was finding Hashem. And so I started doing what I read. It was very simple for me. And because nobody told me that this can happen, so it did happen, that we had many, many things that we saw, or of Hashem, too many things to, to even explain. 
And one of the biggest things that, uh, that happened initially that uh, made us feel that way was, unfortunately, when we uh, actually came into the community to start a garrison, everybody was looking at us like we were crazy. What are you so excited about? I have no idea. Why do you go to the Kolel? Maybe you should go learn with somebody. You guys are just overly excited for no reason. What is it? What are you so excited about? So I broke Hashem. Things start to wane. It wasn't until I came across the tours of Reb Nachman. Nefesh. At first, I seen the books of Rav Arush, but led me to Reb Nachman, led me to Hishtab Nefesh. And the first time I'm reading this, and I said, I knew I wasn't crazy. I knew I wasn't crazy. There was such a thing. It really did exist. And Brok Hashem being able to, from that, be able to come close to Rabbi Shmuel Brody, who's now in Baltimore, also Talmud of Rebbe. And to be able to see a person model, Kiva Hashem, model, Havas Hashem, and a person who was in Mamash and to pray with fire. And when you see that, you realize that everything, that fairy tale that everybody taught me, I thought was called Yiddishkeit, it exists. It really exists. It really does exist. <coughs> and I want to know your feelings was a reference, and that I'm really after your heart was a reference to David Amalek. Says that David Amalek was a man after Hashem's own heart. When at the time when Shmuel and Navi killed slave Agag, who was the Melech of Amalek at that time, and they say he said to Shaul that now Hashem is going to bring a man that's really after Hashem's own heart. And I always took that to understand that that meant that David Amalek really honestly wanted to know what Hashem felt. When Hashem was crying, he wanted to feel the crying. When Hashem was, was, was happy, David Melech wanted the heart of Hashem Mama. She wanted to feel exactly what it was that Hashem was feeling at the time that he was feeling. So give me a heart like David Melech. So those were my two cents. Hmm. It's good toast. It's good toast. I didn't argue on the Rashi. So now, so what I would like to do, and anybody, if you want to go, then go ahead and see what time it is. But I want to listen to the song again, and then right into it, I found two just musical pieces, no words, which are specifically trying to get a person to get into a certain mindset. And the hope is that... You can turn on, you can turn on these lights up, though? Yeah. Could you pull the plug? And the hope is that if, if a person, if it's right, a person, it's going to be a few minutes person can get into himself into a deep place and if he wants to scream to himself talk to himself he can if not not and then we'll end off with a uh, with a high with a high Mr. Yes. Balbais can I make a request mm -hmm. sure <coughs> hey, could you take us back please <laughs> could you do it you want Ari to start with it please that's perfect Alone in the fields? Oh, nice, nice. oh my gosh. Yeah. Now everybody understands why I started with that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now it wasn't Stam. Yeah. No, no, no. And, right. It was like the Mimer Stam. <laughs> Thank you, Aaron. It's funny, not to, not to speak too much, but you asked me when, when I came out with that, how come it's so short? Yeah. And when I wrote the song, it was one of those times I'm sure missing when you've had. Uh, Sometimes it's almost like you sit down and you're gifted a song and you're gifted certain lyrics. And very often you'll write half a song and sometimes you can come back to it and not. But 
in this particular case, I came back to it, and there was nothing I can add. And there was nothing I can add for a hundred seconds, I think we said it was, a hundred seconds long, and came to say what I had to say, and, and that was it. So, that's uh, Sometimes that's all you need to say. That's it, you just go on. A winter chill, a calming still, not a soul to be found but me. No telephone. Just me alone and a heavy heart I cannot appease The pain I bear carried me here but now you see me in the real With all my wrongs they've come along I'm not sure I can appeal I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I fell farther. Open up your hands and some mercy to this man, alone in the field with me. I break down and call to you, my father. I've been trying to get close, but I fell farther. Open up your hands and some mercy to this man Alone in the field with you
Cause you're here in our house Imagine I could feel you here Hold your love, oh Lord I swear my heart is aching I would just never stop praising you